Cotney Attorneys and Consultants is dedicated to helping the construction industry with legal, business, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's episode of Law and Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cotney. Hey, this is Trent Cotney, CEO of Cotney Attorneys and Consultants, and this is another episode of Law and Mortar. Uh, as always, I've got John Kenny, CEO of our consulting group. John, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. It's good to be here today. I know it's uh, never never a dull time with us, right? We've always got stuff going on. So uh, earlier today, I had a a great webinar with uh, NRCA. We were talking about um, the problems with price material increases and material shortages, and I got a lot of great questions. You know, had the opportunity to to go over a lot of different things. One of the things that that kind of came out of that, and what I want to talk to you about, I guess, is dealing with suppliers or um, you know manufacturers that ship direct. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, as you know, John, you know, legal is fine and it is what it is and you got to go that route. But really, you get stuff done with just business and politics a lot. Right. It's it's who you know, how you know them. Um, and what I've seen a lot of times is your ability to kind of negotiate with suppliers. It, it depends on, you know, your reputation, you know, in the industry, you know, where, where are you politically, um, your size, obviously. And you know the longevity of the relationship, how long you've been with that supplier. Um, when you're facing you know times where material prices are, are increasing dramatically, being able to negotiate with the supplier to kind of assist you and help you ease that burden is critical. So, you know, as you know, a contractor, you know, in your experience, you know, what what did you um, you know kind of experience in that world to hear hear about? that could help contractors sort of navigate material price increases? Well, you know, there's always been a couple of schools of thought when it comes to buying materials through the contracting world. Either you're always going in a lot of businesses way, you're always going out for bid on every project you do and you're always using the supplier with the lowest price or manufacturer. That happens a lot in the industry. The other school, which is the one that I always took when I was in the the side, is you get the best price you can negotiate with a preferred vendor. So the preferred vendor then knows how much business approximately you're gonna do with them. And and the preferred vendor leads you to your, uh, you know, leads you to your manufacturers, which ones you're using. So when it comes to these times uh, where where the escalation of materials are almost unknown uh, because you don't know what they're going up every month. There's no guarantee it's only gonna go up this and not that. When you have a preferred vendor, preferred client, it's a relationship based uh, buying strategy, which will always come back to help you in these times, because they're going to take care of their preferred customers, which you will be one, the same as you want to take care of preferred customers. So I have always found in all the years I've been in there, relationship buying always pays off in these situations. So if you haven't been practicing that, it may be a good time to at least start to work on that in, in your company, because I think we've got some rough material increased times well ahead of us. I don't think it's two months out, six months out. I think we're going to face this in the, in the next, in the next year. Yeah, absolutely. John, that's, that's the same exact thing I'm hearing on my end. And oftentimes when, when customers call my side, you know, the legal aspect of it, it's usually because there's a problem with a manufacturer or supplier. Right. And um, what, one of the things I really am a big believer in is, is relationship building within that vendor. Okay. Because you may only have one point of contact with a sales rep, but that sales rep may be gone somewhere else to competitor tomorrow, right? 
So the key is, is to build depth, not just in the sales arena, but in the tech rep arena as well. Because for example, if you're dealing with a manufacturer uh, and you've got a warranty related issue, your salesperson is only gonna help you so far. Um, and then it's always good to get to know management. You know, it's, it is, it's pretty easy to go straight from the rank and file to the top and get stuff done. You know, fortunately, John, you and I both have great relationships with a lot of the manufacturers and suppliers in the industry. So that's something that anybody that's listening to this, you know, regardless of whether you like, uh, you know, uh, shaking hands and going to meetings or not, this is the kind of thing that, that when you need it, it's there. It, it's, it's, I consider it to be, I consider relationship building to be a lot like insurance, right? You, you don't know when you might, might need it, you know, and obviously it's great to learn things and make contacts, but always good to have those connections. So John, next thing I want to turn to is uh, we have, been doing some very interesting things on the Cottony Capital side. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that is a private equity investment group. We also have some VC capability, venture capital capability, and we are focused on the technology and uh, in particular product space that deals with both renewable energy and the potential for a better utilization of sustainable energy. So um, one of the, the, we had the opportunity obviously to listen to and hear pitches. And, you know, we designate a certain time every week where we have that opportunity. Um, obviously, we can't kiss and tell and disclose everything that, that we've seen. But uh, one vendor in particular was very interesting. And I posted something recently about robotics. I really think that automation and robotics is going to help solve a lot of our labor shortage, okay? I, I see a lot of opportunity, not just, you know, for drone usage, but I see um, even more opportunity for the use of robotics uh, on roof systems to help with tear off, help with install, help, help with automation. And it excites me because I think, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, you know, it, uh, imagine a world where instead of having to um, send a crew out to a project, you send a supervisor and a, you know, a team of, of, you know, automated machines or robots or whatever to install the roof system. Okay. It changes how we go about doing work. So John, you know what, I know you are heavily into that space and you deal with a lot of this on the consulting side. What are you seeing and what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think uh, robotics again is another technology part of the industry that has moved way up in the last year and a half with, you know, or last year or so with the pandemic. Um, the people are rushing to get things done. It's, you, you've seen it start in the restaurant end and work its way up through manufacturing. Now it, it's ready for construction. When I say ready, it's not ready to come out tomorrow where you're gonna be putting them on the roof, but we're real close. You're gonna see it in the next year or so. There's some very interesting things going on out there. Um, far as automation goes, having it be able to tell where the edge of the roofs are, having it work with openings, um, actually, you know, I'll say bend over, I don't know what a robot really does, but it bends over to pick the, you know, the debris up to actually tear the roof, set insulations in place. It, it, it's pretty amazing. And they're getting closer and closer. Like you said, we, we've seen a lot, a lot of stuff we can't talk about, but that, that's kind of a good generalization to let you know that you're, you know, I'm not saying we're quite ready for the Jetson looking robot, but we're, we're probably not too far off. It's a lot closer than people think. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what, what excites me is sort of the synergy between all these different technologies that we're seeing. 
I see you know a significant amount of possibility to use both VR and AR uh, augmented reality in the use of robotics to help you know install uh, roof systems or other construction components on a job site. So um, definitely, it will be here quickly. Uh, that that I think is something that you can anticipate in the next five years. So um, another topic I want to talk to you, John, about is something that's been hitting the news a lot. And that is, you know, um, vaccine passports. Um, it's interesting because, you know, for those of you who don't know, there are some government entities uh, we've heard, like cruise lines, for example, some other, you know, retail spots that have said that you basically need a evidence proof of vaccine in order to, you know, attend an event or proof of vaccine in order to enter a retail space or to travel. And it's become very contentious. You know, our, our Florida governor here has taken a hardline stance against it. Um, you know, there are some constitutional challenges, but I can also see from a retail standpoint or from, you know, a travel standpoint that it's good to have that certainty. You know, if, if you are on a flight where everybody has proven that they're vaccinated, you could probably let your hair down a little bit, right? So I can understand that side of it too. What's interesting is from an employer standpoint, Okay. From an employer standpoint, when you get into this, obviously you get into more of an HR dilemma. And where we're seeing this in the industry is we've got a lot of, of um, contractors that have started receiving bids that are requiring that their uh, employees be vaccinated. Um, this kind of ties into this passport idea. So what's curious, what, what I think about from a legal standpoint is how do these sort of anti-passport laws affect these private job sites where owners have decided that for whatever reason, regardless of its safety or otherwise, you got to have you know vaccines in order to work on that job site. So very interesting. Um, obviously, I think there's some ways around it, but I guess I just want to get your thoughts on that, John, and see what you think. Well, I, I think you've seen almost like an alternate reality to that. You're right. There's a lot of pushback on, on having a vaccination passport or a vaccination pass. And I, I don't think that's going to go away. And you're right. Our governor actually just filed suit this morning to for the in, in behalf of the uh, industry for cruises. So we'll see where that goes. But that all being said, I'm starting to see a lot of venues and job site uh, scuttle out there with contracts coming up that you're either going to be able to show proof of vaccination or you will have to have a negative COVID test prior to going and after. So you may not want to prove vaccination, but it may end up being more business sense to try to go that way just for the fact of cost reasons. I mean, I know on a personal basis, I would much rather be able to show a vaccination proof to get on to an event or something than I would to have to go take a negative test prior and a negative test after. I mean, that's just, you know, it's just not, a, for, besides the economics to it, it's nothing that I want to go through personally. Yeah, given that I'm I'm one shot away from being fully vaccinated, I, I'd have no problem having a QR code and yeah. going wherever I got to go because I got it anyway. So, yeah, um, you know, so we always like to end with a question and we got a backlog of questions, but we're getting through them. So this one, John, I think is is more for you. I can obviously put my two cents in, but the question is from Carlos Esperanza and he wants to know uh, in the roofing industry, what is the best way to go about hiring labor? Okay. Um, obviously, I hear a lot. It's usually, you know, uh, what people do. There are, are a variety of recruiters and sources and labor pools out there. 
that can be used. Uh, we, we routinely get involved when, you know, one competitor takes another, you know, uh, you know, uh, roofing superintendent or something like that. Uh, but I guess, you know, from a common sense standpoint, John, where do you, what do you see? You know, what, what if you're a new roofing contractor just getting started, what would you say is the best way to go about, you know, finding a good crew or, or hiring that key person? Well, uh, it's a great question, and it's never an easy uh, one-sentence answer uh, because recruitment has been an issue for a long, long time, and it's probably going to continue or even erode even more. But that all being said, uh, some of the more successful things that we've been able to do in the industry is have a referral program right inside your own company. Um, you know, if you, you actually use referral basis to hire somebody, friend of a friend that wants to be in there, and you want to do the referral so both the person that you're hiring and the person that recommended them for hire, they get to share in it. Usually what works that way is it's after 90 days, you get a piece of it, you know, whatever you decide it to be. And I'm just making this as an example. If it's $100 or whatever it is, $500, whatever you want to make it to at, you give so much at 90 days and then so much at six months. And then if you're there a year, you may have a good incentive bonus on top of that. That works probably better than any other hiring tactic I've ever come across. The other thing too is, and this is a little more in depth, but to tell you quickly, think about an incentive program inside of your construction company, your roofing company, right? If, you know, for pay per performance once they get in there and whatever, whether it's being able to train, move up a level from one roof or the other, it's more than just pay, you gotta have those things. And then the word of mouth starts to get out and that's really your best recruitment tool is word of mouth that you're a better place to work at, a better work environment than, than anybody else in your area. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, retention is as important, if not more important than recruitment. So you gotta keep keep the people that you got happy. Yep. Um, that way you don't have to keep hiring, right? So, um, you know, great conversations today, John, as always, really enjoy talking to you. We always uh, have great questions too. Yeah. Our audience is great. And listen, you know, for those of you guys out there, send us your questions. We're, we're getting through them. We promise we'll answer all of them. Uh, you can email me at tcotney at cottonycl.com. John, how can they get you? Uh, jkenny at cottonycl.com. Great. Well, stay tuned next time for another episode of Law & Mortar. I'm sure we'll have plenty of things to discuss. Take care.